Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Acts. Today is episode 299. We're looking at Acts chapter 20, verses 25 through 38. Let's read our passage. And now I know that none of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore be on the alert, remembering that day and night for three years I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that I worked with my own hands to support myself and those who are with me. In every way I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. There were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. This is Paul wrapping up his third missionary journey. He left the mainland of Greece, that is Europe, traveled over to Asia to the port of Troas, spent a week there, and now has been traveling down the coast of Asia, stopping at the Greek islands, and now has ended up at Miletus and has sent for the elders of Ephesus. He didn't want to go to Ephesus because he didn't have time. But he did send for the elders of Ephesus, and he's given his farewell address to them. Last time we saw as he talked to a little bit about what his ministry was with them. Now he continues with his charge to them. So let's pick it up in verse 25. He says, And now I know that none of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. This is Paul saying a farewell. You guys are never going to see me. I spent three years with you but I'm on my way now. Now, Paul doesn't know what lays ahead of him, but he has been warned. We saw earlier, he says, the Holy Spirit's been warning me there's dangers that lie ahead. His intention that he had shared earlier was to go to Jerusalem with this offering, a benevolent offering to help the poor people in Jerusalem. Then he wanted to go to Spain, stop at Rome along the way. But he's been getting these warnings from the Holy Spirit, that there's danger ahead, confinement and chains. Now, what that means, he doesn't know. But he does know he's never going to be back in Ephesus again. So verse 26, Therefore I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all of you, because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. This is Old Testament language. The idea of the watchman is innocent of the blood of those he is on duty to warn. If he warns them of the danger, he has done his duty. If he does not warn them of the danger, their blood is on his hands if they're defeated by an enemy. But if he warns the people, even if there's a a failure to defend, 
the city against attack. He is innocent of the blood of those because he provided the warning. So that's that uh, Old Testament type language. And, and Paul's saying basically similar kind of things, that we're responsible to warn others of their status before God, that is, they're sinners in need of a Savior. It's up to them to believe, but it's up to us to warn. And if we've provided the warning, then their blood is not on our hands if they don't believe. Believing is up to them. Verse 28, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he's purchased with his own blood. There's a lot lot of questions in this verse. This is a highly debated verse about what it means and all the various nuances that can be found here. First, pretty straightforward. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock. So be on guard because there will be false teachers that come. We, we know this later from later writings. False teachers do come. And all throughout Asia, there's going to be a problem with false teachers. And so be on guard. First, be on guard for yourselves. Make sure that you are not led astray. But then as elders, they're responsible for the flock. And so be on guard for the flock, which the Holy Spirit's appointed to use overseers. Well, first, there's a question here, a big debate. What's this mean, the Holy Spirit appointed you? This then goes along the whole topic of how do you choose leaders for a church? Here, Paul says uh, the Holy Spirit appointed you as elders. Well, Paul appointed a lot of elders. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, tells Timothy to appoint elders. Paul and Barnabas, when they were traveling around on the first journey, appointed elders. So this goes to the whole question of how do you appoint elders? Well, the idea is the Holy Spirit is behind it. Whether the Holy Spirit calls people themselves, they stand up and say, the Holy Spirit's called me to be an elder, or the Holy Spirit speaks to the the whole church body and guides them to choose elders. Uh, it depends on your own church polity. You could probably make the argument uh, that this supports that the Holy Spirit is behind it. And beyond that, there's not a whole lot of guidance here. The point is that the Holy Spirit should be involved in appointing church leaders. But then some of the language he uses here, he says, appointed, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to elders. And he says, this appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God. There's three words that are used here for church leaders. Elders, we saw that back in 17, where he summoned the elders. But here we see the term overseers, and we see the verb to shepherd. And these three words are very tightly related in the New Testament. Some people say the idea of using the term overseers here is premature. It's not till later that these overseers an actual office in the church. This is probably A.D. 57, and the other letters from Paul and from Peter which speak about it are less than five years down the road, so it's not that much difference in time. But Paul speaks to the church in Philippi. He addresses it to the deacons and the overseers. So the, Paul speaks uh, his letter to Timothy. If anyone desires the office of overseer, in his letter to Titus, he speaks of the overseers and elders interchangeably. So I don't think it is premature, but uh, it is worthy of note here. These three words, the noun elder, 
always appears as a noun. Overseer. Uh, you see the noun overseer, but you also see the verb to oversee. And any time that the verb to oversee is used in relationship with the church, the ones who are doing that verb overseeing are the elders. And sometimes as here you see uh, elder noun, overseer noun used interchangeably. And then there's this term to shepherd. That's actually where we get the word pastor. The word pastor is a noun as far as church leadership only appears once in the Bible, and that's in uh, Ephesians 4.11. Everywhere else, it's a verb, and the verb of shepherding, of pastoring, is always done by either elder or overseer as the one who carries out that verb action. So the whole point here is, here we see this uh, these three words together, elder, overseer, pastor. And in our understanding of biblical uh, analysis, it, it's the, the same thing. Pastors, overseers, elders, they are the same thing. Verse 29, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years, I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. So here's the warning that there will be false teachers. He says they will rise up even from your own number. Now, by that, does he mean from within the church or within the leadership of the church? Well, I think the answer is both, that there will be false teachers. And Paul deals with this in Ephesians 5, his letter to the Ephesian church. They're dealing with false teachers Many of Paul's letters deal with this whole idea of false teachers rising up, trying to lead people astray. We see that in the book of Revelation, or the letters to the seven churches are all in this area, Ephesus and the surrounding area. So many of them have been torn apart because of false teachers. So this warning, be on guard, there will be false teachers. And many of them will rise up from within the church even from within the church leadership. Now, verse 32, And now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. So this is his commendation, giving them up to God. And it's those who are sanctified. This is the same word that we get saints from. This is the, uh, the verb form of, of the noun, which gets translated as saints, those who are set apart, those who are sanctified. Uh, the Bible then refers to that as the saints, so those who are part of the church. And verse 33, he says, uh, he was talking about money here. I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that I worked with my own hands to support myself and those who are with me. In every way I've shown you that it's necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ because he said it's more blessed to give than receive. There's a point of money can mess things up, particularly with church leaders and the, the danger of, of money, of, of mixing money with uh, church leadership. It's uh, not that it's wrong to, obviously I wouldn't say it's wrong to pay a pastor. I was paid 20 years to, to be a pastor, but the, the danger of being in it for the money Verse 36, 
After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. There were many tears shed by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. Well, this is where Paul finishes his time with the Ephesian elders. He's uh, gone over some of his uh, time with them. He's given them this charge, given them the warning. With uh, The biggest warning is watch out for the false teachers. They're going to come in and tear the church apart. And they do. And Paul does so. No, he's never coming back. He's never going to see them again. They're on their own now. But they have one another. They have the Holy Spirit. And we have the same thing. We have one another and we have the Holy Spirit. We've even got more. We have the complete word of God. They didn't. They just had Paul's teachings. So we can stand up against false teachers because we have the word of God is our defense that we must know the word of God so that we can be on guard against the wolves who will rise up and continue to rise up. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the book of Acts.